listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Welcome to the Sports Pharmacy Podcast. My name is Dr. H and I am your host. I am a wellness pharmacist, pharmacy owner, and certified sports nutritionist. Join me while we discuss a wide range of topics ranging from health and wellness, sports, and even some small business secrets. Feel free to join our Discord for more interactions with me and other fellow listeners. Now let's get into the show. Welcome, welcome, sports pharmacy fans. This is Dr. H, your host. I have the pleasure of having a friend that I've seen for the first time, but we had a pretty good conversation my first day of having COVID, which I'm sure we'll, we'll get into that whole thing of how we first chatted. But I have with me Dr. Aaron Kopetsky, board-certified dermatologist and owner of National Telederm and Wellness Dermatology. Dr. Kopetsky, how are you? Hi, thank you for having me. It's awesome, man. I'm, I'm really excited to have you here. I've been wanting to get a board-certified dermatologist to just talk about healthy skin. A lot of our patients that we have are athletes. A lot of my, my listeners are, are health nuts that want to make sure that they're both being safe with their medications that they're taking and making sure they stay pretty. I'll be honest with you. That's the most important thing we have here, right? Yeah, definitely. Healthy skin, for sure. <laughs> exactly. So Dr. Kopetsky, National Telederm, I know you told me we were chatting a little bit beforehand in the green room about you wanted to grow in Texas and you're out in New Jersey right now. Is that right? That's right. I have a practice yeah. in New Jersey. Uh, we're five years old. I offer telehealth services for my established patients and also for patients who can't get to see us. And then I decided, let me offer something a little unique for the patients uh, in the surrounding states. And I got a Texas license, opened up National Telederm. It's about several months old now, about two months old now. And nice. it's growing and it's fun starting business all over again. But it's always fun to start something from fresh, right? Yeah, of course, you have the growing pains and you have all the stuff that's normal. But I think I think it's a very unique, good value service. So I'm happy about it. Dr. Grace Brown introduced us. I, th I think it was like it was a Monday, I believe. And then we were like, hey, let's chat and see if we can get you on the podcast. And by that point, COVID has just ravaged me. I don't know what happened, but it hit me so quickly. And thank you to you for being so patient with me because I, my head was lost in the stars somewhere at that point. So Making this work has been really helpful, and thankfully, COVID's been passed through our family. We're already done with all that. But how's New Jersey treating you? Is it treating you pretty good over there? Pretty good. I got my first my first COVID from a patient in New Jersey, and then I gave it to my 18 month old, my 10 year old. Oh and no! My, um, that oh, was hi. No. <laughs> oh my god! We it took this long to get COVID, right? <laughs> yeah, no, that's good, man. That's good. So. Now you have a practice, National Telederm, that you mentioned to me. You're in a bunch of different states now. How many states do you offer services in now? I think I'm 35 states now. 35? I think so, yeah. Last That's time amazing. I checked. So, yeah, it's. I think it's a very good, unique, quality-based service where it's just me for now. Yeah. And if I do grow, I intend to hire a board-certified dermatologist to take on some of the load as well. But right now, it's virtual examinations, virtual through picture or through video consultations that I offer for this company. And it's very streamlined. So you just fill out the form online, you submit your photos or submit your request for a video consultation, make the payment. I don't take insurances. 
So then we convene within 24 to 48 hours on video, or I, I have an answer for you and suggestions and treatment plan for you sent right to your email. That's so, yeah. incredible, man. That's awesome. With these people, this is, it could be something that could really help grow for someone like me, where I barely have time to, to go see a doctor or anything like that. And I'm sure a lot of other people out there that are either business owners or have a very busy lifestyle, even busy moms have no time to drop everything and go to a dermatology office. And you really mentioned something to me is that what kind of motivated you to go this way? Why did you decide you wanted to go more like the telehealth side than, than anything else? So I just wanted to give the same quality service that I offer to my patients already in New Jersey. I find that I take a while to talk to my patients, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. You won't see that with any telehealth company. And you certainly won't see that with a teledermatology company. The ones that are out there are fill out this form. You don't even know who's behind the screen. You don't know who's talking to you, who's suggesting anything to you. So this is my baby. This is my company. So I want patients to understand that they, by essentially having me see them, they're going to be my patients. In the future, besides offering these uh, visits, if a patient, for example, wants uh, me to be their established dermatologist for most things, I'm happy to set up something very personal and unique for them. Uh, a package or a membership, so to speak, where they're able to get their care that they need. Of course, full skin checks, mole checks, that should be done at their local dermatology office at least once a year, unless they have a previous history of skin cancer. But I'm happy to provide good quality care, take the time that's needed, and talk to my patients virtually or even through the phone. If they send me pictures and there's something that's not very clear, you won't that kind of extra quality when you're talking about dermatology practices that offer telehealth services, unless they're your local practice. So essentially, I want that kind of local feel um, for the reach that I have. And that's important to me is why I, I brought this company up to the surface and decided to go ahead and launch it because there's not really a lot of that out there. It's more impersonal and it's very quick and it's a fee and it's quick and it's you don't even know what they're giving and who's telling you what to do what. And one thing that you mentioned to me and you just mentioned to the listeners is that there's a turnaround time of about 24 to 48 hours to see a dermatologist. Yes. Yes. So it's amazing. I that you need or extra questions if we have them or anything like that. And you'll have a, uh, either an answer or a virtual consultation with me through video where you see me and I'm talking to you through FaceTime or Zoom or something similar. Um, and it's within 24 to 48 hours. So that's incredible. I mean, just getting care when you need it. That's the best, that's the best way of practice. I don't want to have to worry about, let's say any sort of eczema that's been bugging me for a while. I can get treatment within, you know, within two days is awesome. I love hearing that. Yep. Yep. All the medical stuff, acne, eczema, psoriasis, some forms of hair loss are easier to diagnose with camera, rashes, skin infections. Yeah. Pretty, pretty a lot can be done on telehealth, believe it or not. Yeah. So you mentioned a couple of things. So let's talk about a little bit deeper as far as some of the basic dermatology things that you see, especially around acne. It's now towards the end of the summer. Here in Texas, it still feels like it's summer outside, 100 plus degrees. So what are some things with acne that you recommend to your patients to help A, prevent it, and B, to, to help treat any sort of any, some acne? Of course, it depends on the kind of acne that you have, making sure it's classified and seen by a pair of trained eyes that can determine this is mild acne with some scarring or severe acne with scarring or no scarring because every there are patients who have the mildest form of acne but their genetics 
prone, uh, make them prone to scar. So even if you have mild acne and you're scarring, I wouldn't say, oh yeah, just over the counters and no problem. You need to be seen, you need to be treated, you need to be given options, whether it's pharmacological options or supplemental options as well as pharmacological options. It's important for you to be given those options so you can make those choices to help prevent scarring because time can be scarred when it comes to I also believe in patient autonomy. I have patients who walk into my office and they'll come to see me for some hair loss, but they have acne. And I was like, do you want me to help with your acne? No. Okay. So when they're ready. All right. (laughs) But if someone comes specifically for a telehealth visit for acne, I gauge it first. I determine the severity of it. I see if there's any scarring. And then I do my treatment algorithm to them based upon what I see. And I do think that there are really good treatments out there that are available that are not that invasive and generally safe for a lot of people. So at least knowing what's available for you so you don't have to have that issue. There are a lot of people that have acne who are older women who have acne around the mouth and they'll be very depressed about it. They'll think, why am I still getting acne? I'm a grown woman. There are kids who have acne who get very depressed about it, don't want to go, to, don't want to go out, don't want to have social interactions because of it. So it's a very treatable thing. And as long as you're in the right hands, you have someone that you're doing regular follow-ups with, you can see, and they can see you and track your change and improvement, then you should be in good hands in terms of your treatment regimen. And I feel like that I can be, I can fill that void for a lot of patients who one, don't want to go out, don't want, don't have time to go out, are very busy in their um, need on the go, but very good quality care. And more importantly, can't get in to see a dermatologist where they are because there's no actual physician to see them or a six month waiting period or something along those lines. So I think I can fill that void and help out these this gap of patients sometimes that need help and want to get quality good care. That's amazing, man. And I truly believe for the skin being the largest organ that we have in our body and what most people see first, right? Even growing up in, in high school and stuff, we always struggle with the acne spots and stuff like that. But we always now, especially versus how it was before, there's a lot more treatment modalities that, that they offer now to help. That's a little bit more less invasive than it was before. But obviously, growing up when I was a teenager, you get picked on when you had a zit right in the middle of your forehead, right? And that could be traumatizing for a lot of people, right? Definitely. And it's not, it's, it doesn't have to be that way. Of course, patient mm-hmm. If they don't want to be bothered and they want to be seen for something else, no problem. I understand. But if they're coming to me for that, there's no reason to go through adolescence as a acne being a, a rite of passage, for example. There's no need for that. You can get them clear so that when they're older, they have better looking skin, less pigmentation, irregularities on their skin, and hopefully no scarring. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah. I recently wrote an article about about healthy hair. This is specifically for me, what I like to use for my hair. And I want to get your opinion on it just because I want more people to know that there are different, especially for men. I'm just going to focus specifically on men for now because a lot of guys, their biggest fear, my biggest fear is losing my hair. I, my, I tell my wife, I was like, as soon as I see even the smallest bald spot, we're going to Turkey and I'm getting hair plugs. I'm not, not even wasting time with it. So to, to maintain healthy hair, and you can please correct me if I'm wrong. I have a preference that I wash my hair once a week. That's just, that's how I am. I don't have overly greasy hair. I still use product, but I use a water-based product. That way when I'm in the shower, when water hits it, all the product comes out. 
and making sure you have a good, no paraben-free, uh, sorry, paraben-free, organic, healthy oils inside the, the hair products. Is there anything that people should watch out for when they're picking a hair product or, ha- or picking any sort of, of something to help with hair? Sure. I mean, I'm always a big proponent of fragrance-free and oil-free. And I think it's because I have a biased population, unfortunately, that a lot of people who have scalp issues and hair issues also have bad dandruff and also scalp is sensitive so for example just the shampoo for example or the conditioner if it has any oils it can be actually worsening their dandruff making them scratch more and then they yank their hair out more and then it's burning when you start to put things on it so even topical remedies for hair restoration that most people do prefer sting and burn because your scalp ph is off the scalp isn't healthy Mm. remember healthy skin will receive medicines a lot better than unhealthy skin or disrupted skin barrier. And it's the same for any inflammatory skin disorder, including dandruff of, of the scalp. And when you're when you correct the skin barrier, you're able to use more products without that uh, stinging, burning sensation, and everybody's happy overall. So my goal in general with inflammatory skin disorders, including dandruff of the scalp, is to re- repair the skin barrier so that for example, if you have, depending on the kind of hair loss, of course, because there's many different kinds of hair loss out there and there are some proper treatments that don't involve too much bypassing the skin barrier, for example. But for some of the hair losses, if you want to go to topical treatments, you got to make sure your scalp is healthy. And like I mm. said, my population generally has issues with their scalp. So I correct those first, then we move on to something more natural, topical, and I give them the pros and cons of the topical regimens. And some of the people, despite correcting skin barriers, still can't tolerate the topical regimen. So then we have to move on to something else and we kind of go over the pros and cons of systemic therapy and what that means and the longevity of that. And it's all about trying to understand the whole patient, not just look at a patient through uh, a tunnel. It's just understanding the whole patient philosophy and treating the patient as a whole person. So you mentioned, which I, I didn't even think about, is maintaining a good, you said, skin barrier. Can you tell me some of the ways that you help improve that? Is there something that guys should really focus on when they're trying to improve that? Sure. So a lot of the process in the chemicals, in shampoos, conditioners, leave-on products, a lot of them actually disrupt the skin barrier. A lot of them are potential causes of allergies. So one of the things I tell my patients is, when it comes to shampoo and conditioner, stay very bland, stay very fragrance-free, fragrance-free and oil. I'm sorry, I mentioned that twice. Sorry. Fragrance and oil-free is most important. And one of the, the products that I like the most is Vanna Cream from Free and Clear. It's a company, oh, I think it was, and their shampoo and conditioner is just the blandest you'll find <laughs> and <laughs> has no, no fragrance. So a lot of my hair loss patients and scalp issue patients I tell them, let's start with this will help Im- improve your skin barrier. It does clean your hair well. If you need like a fatty conditioner to use on your tips, you can, but not on the scalp. And we go from there. But the hair loss, it's hard to treat one when you have another problem too. So I often tell my patients, what's good for the scalp is bad for the hair. What's good for the hair oh. is bad for the scalp. So you have to make sure that your hair is anchored to your scalp. You want to make sure your scalp is healthy first, and then we address the hair issue. And again, depending on the kind of hair loss, depending on the exam, we do the treatments, treatment algorithm, depending on what I see on the exam. 
And Dr. Kopetsky, you're able to do this to, to, through a telehealth? Yes. A lot of alopecias or hair losses that I can see through camera. Now, if the person has this grainy, horrible camera, no assistance, even if like their family member holds the camera and I can see the scalp, I can see the hair shaft, I can see these things. We have really great technology nowadays. If I can't see it, then no, I'm not able to do it. Obviously, that goes without saying. The same for acne scarring. If you don't have a good camera, I'm not able to appreciate uh, hyperpigmentation acne scarring through the camera and there are some cameras that are pretty bad <laughs> so i'll tell yeah. the patients you look fabulous on camera <laughs> but <laughs> I, so i do tell patients the quality of my exam is based upon what i can see and if i can't see it in video you're going to have to go and stand in front of a window and let me take pictures or take pictures and send them to me and even for my video consultation patients i have them send pictures because you never know, like they're shaking the camera, they're trying to get their, their head to see at the top of their head and, or they don't have an assistant or someone helping them. I take it on a, a case by case basis, but in general, yes, you're, as long as you're able to see whether it's through picture or through video, you can make it, you can make an assessment of what's going on in the scalp. That's awesome. That's fantastic. I love the idea of just like I mentioned before, just people's busy schedule. It's hard to, to carve out two hours at a time to go and wait in a doctor's office and hopefully see somebody be exposed to whatever is out there. And I completely, I, I love the idea. I earlier, and we're going to have to get a little bit, not, I don't want to use the word cringy, but a little bit cliche here is that we need something clickbaity here at sports pharmacy podcast. And the one that we came up with together was this is the morning routine of a board certified dermatologist. So anyone here take notes. This is the best morning routine that we can recommend and Dr. Kopetsky is going to go into it right now for us. Tell us about your morning routine. All right. Again, this is not for patients who are on prescription medications. For This is more like over-the-counter stuff. This is not for patients who have severe skin issues that need to be seen. This is just the generic stuff. Wash your face with a gentle, fragrance-free skin cleanser. I like CeraVe Hydrating Cleanser because it leaves your skin moist. That's what I use. I love that stuff. It leaves your skin moist. And while that uh, may bother some people who have greasy skin, believe it or not, it's actually um, keeping your skin calm in terms of one of those ones that kind of wash all the oil off your face. You're promoting more oil production. So I do like the CeraVe Hydrating Cleanser for that reason. Also, it can remove makeup uh, pretty nicely without really rubbing or scrubbing the skin. Moisturize your skin is very important. But before you do that, a vitamin C serum. So vitamin C mm. serum, I do suggest to go high on this one. So you go 20% and generally I would buy it from one of those companies that are like a SkinCeutical, not SkinCeutical, yes, SkinCeuticals or one of those companies that are cosmeceutical companies. I even have one on my website in wellness dermatology on, on my New Jersey website. But Mine is really good quality. You'll find that the ones that are very inexpensive, let's say $50 or less, is just going to sit on the top of your skin and not go in and do anything. The ones that are more expensive, I'm talking about over $100, those are the ones that will work for you. And that's the one you want to get because it just doesn't work if you get the less one, the, the, the lesser one. The 20% 
And vitamin C serum, what it will do is prevent DNA damage. It prevents mm. hyperpigmentation. It helps close pores and it goes into your skin. And that goes right after you wash your face and you put it on your whole face, your neck, and you also put it on your chest as well for anti-aging. And you do mm. that every day, let it dry, put on a good ceramide rich moisturizer that has no fragrance and then put on a tinted sunscreen. The tint will block out more UVB than non-tinted. So if you can wear tint, whether it's chemical or mineral, I would highly recommend it. And that's your morning routine. Your evening that's amazing. Routine. <laughs> ah, just, uh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay, it's okay, go ahead. I just, I, the vitamin C thing blew my mind. That's something I gotta tell my wife and my mother because they're always asking me for anything anti-aging, so. Yeah, it's pretty good. I really like it. I find that, again, Vitamin C doesn't play well in the sandbox if you're on prescription topical regimen for your acne because right. sting and burn. So do mm -hmm. it's not for those kind of people. And I don't okay. recommend that. I recommend it for uh, more mature skin when you don't want to have prescription medication and you don't have the acute acne flares or the eczema flares. So for patients who have just non-inflamed skin, just calm skin, but I just want to do a little extra anti-aging. Okay, that's what you would do. And then in the evening, wash your face, Therapy again, hydrating cleanser, then you put on a moisturizer and then you put on a retinol. The retinol should right. be over the counter. That one you can pick any kind, like Rock, La Roche-Posay, any of those guys. I even sell one on my website also. And, or some cases you can uh, go like a cosmeceutical line that has a little bit stronger retinol than what's over the counter. And that can actually uh, help for spots, pigmentation, pore size as well. Oh, yeah, retinol is very good to have in your regimen. It's a simple thing to do, and it does help prevent, help prevent aging. I also recommend to go to under eye cream at night. That's one thing I think I need because I, I have these dark spots, and I've always seen them. And I think my wife uses them, but I'm just like, I, I need to start using them too. That's my biggest problem is right here. Yeah, no, I know. I live for my under eye cream. I love it. And yeah. part of my product line on my website, but there are really good under eye creams out there. Just make mm -hmm. sure it has hyaluronic acid, make sure it has ceramides, make sure that it has some green tea, um, which is an antioxidant, make sure it has a retinol, make sure it has arnica. So all these very important ingredients to help tackle like the blue pigmentation, the fine lines and wrinkles, the bags, and any kind of like hyperpigmentation issue around the eye. There are different types of under eye creams out there. Not all are created equal. Again, similar to the vitamin C serum. It's, you're not going for the one that's $300 a bottle, but you're not going to invest $30 either. You're going you're to pay for, for what you get, right? Yes. Yeah, you do pay for the ingredients you get, and you have to make sure that it has those ingredients because some of them just have the retinol, but not the other ingredients to help with the problems underneath the eye. That you mentioned a, you said a tinted moisturizer in the morning. Is there a yes. certain SPF that you think is good for the face that you recommend to 30 or 50? So truly, it doesn't really matter as long as it's 30 or higher. When right. you're out for long periods of time or you go into the water and you get your face wet, you have to reapply anyway. So reapplying every three hours and you're outside for long periods of time. If you're sweating, you have to reapply. If you uh, wet your face, go out to the beach or the pool or whatever, you're going to have to reapply it. So mm -hmm. I think there are, a lot of, there are a lot of things out there to help you reapply sunscreen pretty quickly. So there's like these sprays that you spray right into the palm of your hand. You can get sunscreen really quick and it dries fast. There's also, once you dab your face, there's also SPF powders too that are pretty good. And so the tinted one I always prefer because 
tint covers like a little bit of the redness that people get. Sometimes you get a little bit of blemishes. Sometimes you have like brown spots on your face and it can cover those as well. Um, it also blocks out more UVB too. So I think it, it besides covering blemishes, besides making your face look more even, uh, that sun-kissed glow, it also helps on the back end to try to prevent more sun damage. It's amazing, man. It's, I've, I'm learning something new. I just, I'm going to have to spend more money at Ulta now just to make sure I get some good eye cream. That's what I need. Go to, go to my e-shop. Uh, I'm going to your shop. Yeah, I'll link it. <laughs> we'll link it in the description to her shop online so we can make sure we get that. So we we have a couple more minutes here, Dr. Kopetsky. Can, can we go a little bit into some of the supplements that you like for skin health and hair health? Sure. So what are some of the things, let's focus on skin first. What are some of the supplements that you like that patients can get over the counter now to help maintain healthy skin? And I do want to preface this by saying anything that we recommend today, make sure you speak to your doctor and your pharmacist to make sure it's safe for you. We'll do any pharmacy you go to, we'll do an extensive research to make that it's safe first before you're able to use it. So Dr. Kopetsky, please. Yes. So I recommend to my patients in general, multivitamin. Most patients Always. can and you know of course none of this is intended for medical advice as far as i'm concerned but i think that um overall a multivitamin is very safe to take um vitamin d has been shown that it's a generally low in a lot of patients so 81 percent of the population is, is low in vitamin d it's crazy yeah. so supplementing your vitamin d is very important i think costco has these big old bottles this is one where i get mine as well complex B complex vitamins is also very good. I love that. I think it has all the necessary B vitamins that you need. Zinc. Zinc is also a really good one to help for skin health and hair health as well. It also reduces systemic inflammation. And also zinc also has been shown to prevent infections. Mm -hmm. Magnesium. Magnesium also helps too. Not everyone can or should take it, but I would have talked to your doctor beforehand. You generally take just the regular dose. I think it's 400 milligrams. It's mm -hmm. going to help with hypertension, inflammatory skin disorders, high cholesterol, all those things as well. But again, talk to your doctor first. Yep. yep. Uh, we had an entire episode on magnesium, Dr. Kabeski. Oh, I had, I had one of my other pharmacists come on and we talked about all things magnesium and it's a it was, a, it was like an hour long and it was fantastic it's probably by, been by far my most downloaded. Oh. so that's a really good episode all right let me write this down so it says magnesium applications in clinical medicine written by dr aaron kabetsky okay yeah. okay it's a flex he's a flex on us over here <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 sweet thank you no problem i appreciate that i appreciate that no problem a lamp lost its light I'm trying to find oh, no. <laughs> uh, these things happen. It's small things for magnesium, right? right. Yeah, absolutely. So that was for skin health. And I'm sure a lot of these incorporate the same for hair health. Is there anything that you want to add on with specifically when it comes to maintaining healthy hair? No, everything that I mentioned actually is really good for that. And it's really good for the hair health as well. As far as like organic supplements, we can probably talk at a later date about the like the topical regimens that have really recently come out in the news about pumpkin seed and rosemary oil, how they work just as well as. Um, but other than that, these supplements that I mentioned are actually pretty good for hair too. Now you can't tease pumpkin and rosemary oil and then not talk about it. We got to talk about that a little bit. Oh sure, sure. Pumpkin seed oil was given to patients orally, and it actually grew hair pretty well. It was just one study and uh, rosemary oil also was compared to topical application for patient for patients who were compared to Rogaine. After six months, there was no difference. So a no difference study basically means that Rogaine did the job of, ro uh, rosemary oil rather, did the job of Rogaine pretty well. Wow. 
to me, that's something that's really good. It's easily accessible. You can buy it off of Amazon or your favorite mm -hmm. essential oil distributor. And um, it's pretty good. The only problem, like I mentioned before, is that you have to make sure your scalp is healthy and your skin barrier of your scalp is healthy because these things can definitely worsen your dandruff. They can definitely irritate your scalp. And in some patients, they can be very irritating or cause an allergic like contact dermatitis. Mm. Like patients will say, my scalp is burning, it hurts, I can't tolerate this. So you have to make the scalp healthy first. Then you can talk about how you'd formulate these things and help to grow hair. That's awesome. Let's, Dr. Kropetsky, I think we've said it all. It's This has been probably one of my favorite episodes that we've done. No no harm to anyone else I've talked to before, but this is has been so helpful. And I think really you really spoke to a population that really could use your help, man. And I'm excited about National Telederm. I know if I ever need a dermatologist, that's the first place I'm going to go to moving forward. Thank you so much. And thank of you for course. having me here. I yeah, man. Hopefully we'll have you on again for more. We'll talk about Dermatology 2.0 and uh, we'll dive deeper. But Dr. Aaron Kapetsky, board certified dermatologist, owner of National Teloderm and Wellness Dermatology. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, consider giving us a five-star review anywhere that you get your episodes. Follow us at Sports Pharmacy Pod, as well as me, your host, at Dr. Mixalot. Join our Discord server for more interactions with me and fellow listeners. As always, stay well, stay hydrated, and I will catch you next time.